Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2? The word enlist, to enroll for service, to enter into some cause. Sometimes people enlist, yet never expect hard battle. They enroll for a noble and worthy cause, yet never expect to actually have to fight. They even train, but the idea of real combat... And the Lord gave me the picture this week of a recruitment party. There was such zeal and excitement, and then the party was over. And now came reality of decision. 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one entangled in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Endure hardship when the tendency is to avoid it at all costs. You see, the reality is we are engaged in warfare. And I love how the King James Version reads, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. If this is new news this morning, well, it's new news. But I'd like like to share the truth with us, and many of us understand this, we didn't just sign up for a good time at boot camp, and this definitely isn't scouts. <laughs> we are soldiers of Jesus Christ. You know, soldiers know how to take orders. They know how to carry out orders as Corey Ten Boom said many years ago now, don't bother to give God instructions, just report for duty. The message paraphrase, he concentrates on carrying out orders. A good soldier. Soldiers put their life on the line for a noble and worthy cause, for the welfare and well-being of others. Soldiers put their lives on the line for those they don't even know and for generations not yet born. Soldiers are disciplined. They push past feelings, push through fatigue. Soldiers want to please their enlisting officer, we read from the New Century Version, a soldier wants to please the enlisting officer. So no one serving in the army wastes time with everyday matters. You ask the question, well, who is our enlisting officer? 
Jesus Christ. And how many here this morning want to please him? If that's your heart, he is the enlisting officer, he's the commanding officer, he's the captain, and he's the king. You know, the truth is, some enlisted, but they never expected they were enlisting for battle. Charles Spurgeon said these words, soldier of Christ, if you enlist, you will have to do hard battle. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, the reality is, church, when we enlist, there may be a season of training, a season of boot camp where we learn the skills and we acquire the strategies a soldier needs for battle and for war. Psalm 144, verse 1, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. The Voice Bible gives me the skills I need for battle. You see, there are times of laughter and hanging out with fellow soldiers. There is camaraderie. But sooner or later, we are going to have to do hard battle. We were enlisted to do hard battle. And so I would exhort us today to take up the fight and to do hard battle. To not relax, shrink back, hold back. To not hide out, but to get up and fight. For there is a noble and worthy cause. J.B. Phillips' New Testament, fight the worthwhile battle of faith. Hard battle. What exactly are we battling against? The flesh. If we enlist, we will have to do hard battle against the flesh. 1 Peter 2, verse 11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Or how about 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. If we are honest this morning, we know we know the war within our members. We read scriptures like James 4.1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war within your members? Galatians 5.17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. If we do not do hard battle against the flesh, we end up doing the things that soldiers shouldn't do and don't wish to do and don't do. Galatians 5 verses 19 to 25, now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, 
Uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You know, it may just be the day we need to start doing hard battle against the flesh. And we must continue doing hard battle against the flesh until our duty on earth is over. Hard battle. Hard battle against the devil. Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18 in the Amplified, be strong in the Lord. Would you receive the word of the Lord today, church? Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms against the powers, against the master spirits who are, catch this this morning, the world rulers of this present darkness. Against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere, therefore put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity, of moral rectitude and right standing with God, that is righteousness. And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword that the Spirit wields. I love that. And I would ask today, which sword are are we wielding? The sword which the Spirit wields, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. There is no doubt that the enemy comes after us. And there is no doubt that the enemy is after us. First Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. The Lord has given us 
all we need. He has given us the power to resist the devil, to stand and to resist, to stand steadfast in the faith. And as we submit to the one who enlisted us and resist the devil, it says, the Bible says in James 4, 7, the Bible declares, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. One of the great tactics in resisting the devil is exactly that, submitting to God. Sounds simple. Submitting to God in all things. Submitting to his orders. Submitting to the impulses and nudging of the Holy Spirit. Hard battle. Hard battle against self-will. Matthew 26, verse 39, not as I will, but as you will. What a fitting declaration for a soldier of Christ. For this was the cry of our enlisting officer. The cry of our Lord, listen to his voice this morning, John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. We read from the Passion Translation, I have come out of heaven not for my own desires, but for the satisfaction of my Father who sent me. And the message reads, I came down from heaven not to follow my own agenda, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. Hard battle against self-will. Hard battle as a soldier of Jesus Christ, as a good soldier, Hard battle on our knees and in our praise. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Listen, we fight on our knees. Prayer is powerful. Jesus knew the battle and it's no wonder that he declared that his house should be first known as a house of prayer. I want the churches, I want my house to be known as a house of prayer. To first be known as a house of prayer. Jesus knew the battle. No wonder he prayed. Perhaps you've heard this quote before, Mary, Queen of Scots, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. On our knees and in our praise, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes. In 2 Chronicles 20, forces came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And he sought the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah, and they called on God. We're going to pick it up at verse 9. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. 
Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. And listen to these words, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, a Levite, the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen all you, all you of Judah and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness. You will not need to fight this battle, and you're saying, okay, but hang on. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed, Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They bowed down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I declare this, and I speak these words to the church today. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out. As they went out before the army. And we're saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And listen to this, enlisted and hear the fight. The battle plan looks different, the method of warfare. It says, now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. And they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. You know, didn't it say that the battle was not ours, but the battle was the Lord's? Correct. But didn't you catch that this morning, church? When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. And I'd say this morning, it's no wonder the devil wants to shut down the singing and shut down the praise and muzzle the sheep. The message paraphrased, as soon as they started shouting and praising, God set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir as they were attacking Judah, and they all ended up dead. You know what Judah means. Judah means praise. 
And my, how the enemy comes against praise and attacks praise. The enemy comes to attack the praiser even before we show up to the house of praise. The enemy seeking to shut the mouths, to distract, to quiet down, to discourage. Seeks to shut down our praise personally and corporately. Quiet the people and quiet the place down. Remember what Martin Luther said? Martin Luther said, for where God built a church, there the devil would also build a chapel. You can have the worship team return. I want to ask, are you ready to enlist today? Ready to sign up for a hard battle? 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, come on, in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Hard battle. But there's something else. 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. Take your share of suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, just as I do. And as Christ's soldier, do not let yourself become tied up in worldly affairs. For then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. The Passion Translation Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one. For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. And so I just say to all of us here, you know, don't let yourself become tied up in worldly affairs and divorce yourself from the distractions of the world. I pray that it is our heart. I pray that it is our heart's desire that we please him who enlisted us. Church, let us fight the good fight of faith. For today, there is a fight against faith, an onslaught, a plot, a battle, a war against faith and the faith to turn the soldiers of the lion into the weak and common. And many cannot see the present realities. Oh, Lord, give your people eyes to see. Hard battle, hard battle against the lies of the enemy, against enemies, even people, defectors and enemies of the cross. David Wilkerson said these words. I believe God is doing something in the spiritual realm. While in prayer, I was impressed by the Holy Spirit with the concept. God has been working. God has been at work in the heavenlies on a covert operation. He's raising up an army within an army, searching his regular troops to form an elite unit of volunteers. This special force is made up of warriors he can touch and stir to do battle with the enemy. We see a picture of this in the Bible with Saul's special militia. The word tells us there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. God's special forces today include the young, the middle-aged, even the elderly. They've been training in their secret closets of prayer, 
Their intimacy with Jesus has taught them how to fight. Now they know how to do battle on any spiritual plane, whether in the mountains or in the valleys. God's army within an army is in place in every nation. Its activity may be covert now, but soon we'll see it doing exploits in the name and power of Christ. God's word is coming forth and the famine is ending. The Lord will prevail. His word shall conquer all. The Bible says, the Bible says in Daniel eleven thirty two, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The message paraphrase reads, those who stay courageously loyal to their God will take a strong stand. The new century version, the king of the north, receive it prophetically today. The king of the north will tell lies and cause those that have not obeyed God to be ruined. But those who know God and obey him will be strong and fight back. We are soldiers of Jesus Christ. I read this this week. Listen, in the army of God, the Lord Jesus is our commanding officer. The Holy Bible is our code of conduct. Prayer and praise are the whole armor of God and the whole armor of God are our weapons of warfare. We have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I want to read one more scripture this morning before we move into the time of baptism. First Chronicles 12, verse 8. Many will know this. Some joined. Literally, the margin is separated themselves too. Some joined, separated themselves to David at the stronghold in the wilderness. Mighty men of valor, men trained for battle who could handle shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as gazelles on the mountains. And I want to ask the church today, every single person here, no matter the age, would you join the greater David today? Would you separate yourself to him? We are his people, the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And you say, well, yeah, we're sheep. Faces like lions, we're just sheep. Well, Alexander the Great said this, an army of sheep led by a lion is better than an army of lions led by a sheep. And so I encourage every person here today, enlist. And as a good soldier of Christ, do what a good soldier of Christ should do.